it's Tuesday, February 14th, 2017. We're on chapter 22 of the Tao Te Ching. And we're reading from the Frederick Henry Balfour translation from 1884. Balfour uses some bracketed text in his translation as explanatory text. And um, it flows with the rest of the translation. So I'm not going to call it out when I read it at first here. I will mention what's bracketed when I move to the discussion at the end. Here it is. In cultivating Tao, there are first the sprouts, then perfection. First, there's perversion, then rectification. First, there's hollowness, receptivity, then plenitude. First, there's destruction of the old, then renovation. First, there's humility, then acquisition. Self-sufficiency is followed by suspicion on the part of others. Therefore, the sage preserves unity in his heart and becomes a pattern to the whole world. He does not say himself that he can see, and therefore he is perspicacious. He does not say himself that he is right, and therefore he is manifested to all. He does not praise himself, and therefore his merit is recognized. He is not self-conceited, and therefore he increases in knowledge. And as he never strives with anybody, so the world does not strive with him. Can that saying of the olden times, first the sprouts, then perfection, be called meaningless? The attainment of genuine perfection implies a reversion to the original nature of man. Okay. You're sitting, sit upright. Tongue on the roof of your mouth. Breathe from the belly. If you're in a chair, feet on the floor. If you're on a cushion, legs on the floor. 10 minutes.
I'm still here. And so are you. Just focused on your breath now. Whatever's present, be present. Let your breath come from the belly. Without you, the ego, controlling it, just let it come. Just this simple act. Simple act of breathing. Here together. You and I. And as the thoughts and feelings arise, 
Each time they arise, can you just have compassion for them? Can you find inside of yourself the capacity to be compassionate? with those difficult parts of yourself and then just return your focus to your breathing. And when you're ready, if you like, can you think of a person who could use your compassion? And if you're able, can you focus on your heart right now? And imagine yourself sending love to that person who needs your compassion from your heart. Stay with your breath now. As you send out love from your heart to those who need it.
<laughs> okay. A lot of noise in my world right now. People slamming car doors, leaf blowers, all sorts of noises. God, I fucking hate leaf blowers. To be perfectly honest, I'm not a huge fan. I prefer the rake to the leaf blower. <laughs> yeah, I've got my preferences, don't I? Hmm. Which, in a very bad sort of segue, leads me to discuss my perspective here on Chapter 22. The way that I see Chapter 22 is as words of encouragement to us. For those of us who are on the path, who have embarked upon a particular way of doing things and, and at this point can't go back to the way that things were before. You know, once you start speaking from and acting from your inner truth, it's hard. It's difficult. You give up a lot. In the culture that we're surrounded by, you're not rewarded for that behavior. And yet, if you try to go back, it's not going to be the same. I mean, you can technically do it, but you can't really settle into your prior ignorance. So it's easy to begin wondering when you're on this path and you're struggling, fuck, almost like, why me? Why did I have to partly wake up to the reality of this situation when everybody else seems to be happy going along as they are? You know, I'm reminded of chapter 20. I alone am like one who has relinquished everything. All that I alone stuff. And I'm, I'm also reminded of a verse from the Gospel of Thomas, which is just a wonderful book that I'll be reading from after we get through the Tao Te Ching. And right now I'd like to read from it. I'm going to read verse 2 of it because I think it's saying the same thing. Jesus said, Let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished. And he will rule over the all. So the message is really the same there in the Gospel of Thomas as the message from chapter 22 here of the Tao Te Ching, which is that when you start to wake up, you are going to become troubled. So here, let's reread chapter 22. In cultivating Tao, and those first three words are bracketed, by the way, there are first the sprouts, then perfection. First, there's perversion, then rectification. And by perversion, what we're talking about here is something bent or crooked. And rectification is the straightening of it. So first there's the crooked, then the straight. Continuing, first there is hollowness, and in brackets, receptivity, then plenitude. First there's destruction, in brackets, of the old. Continuing, then renovation. First there's humility, then acquisition. Self-sufficiency is followed by suspicion, in brackets, on the part of others. 
Therefore, the sage preserves unity, in brackets, in his heart, and becomes a pattern to the whole world. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment. First, there's perversion, then rectification. First, the sprouts, then perfection. First, the destruction of the old, then renovation. First, humility, then acquisition. First, we'll be troubled, then amazed. I find for myself waking up to the reality of my own behavior was extremely difficult, troubling, and continues to be. It's an ongoing process. I'm only half awake, which is to say that most of the time I'm not awake. Most of the time I'm still really not aware of what I'm doing or why I'm doing what I'm doing. But I am part of the time. And I think the part about seeing how unconscious I am when previously I might have thought that I was a very aware being is extremely humbling. And the encouragement here from the Tao Te Ching is to tell me that this is part of my path. It's part of the human experience for those who are seeking. So if you too are a seeker, then you almost certainly are encountering this as well. Therefore, the sage preserves unity in his heart and becomes a pattern to the whole world. To unify your heart and your mind, to not be conniving or manipulative or to act out of a belief that you should behave a particular way, that's that repeated message of the Tao. What we'll see when we take a look at the Gospel of Thomas is something very similar talking about becoming one which really means acting from your true nature, not being clever, manipulative, just being your true self. Okay, continuing with the reading here. He does not say to himself that he can see, and therefore he is perspicacious or insightful, discerning. He does not say to himself that he is right, and therefore he is manifested to all. He does not praise himself, and therefore his merit is recognized. He is not self-conceited, and therefore he increases in knowledge, in knowledge is in brackets. And as he never strives with anybody, so the world does not strive with him. Or we could substitute compete for strive. And as he never competes with anybody, so the world does not compete with him. So there's no self-aggrandizement in the master because self-aggrandizement always has some objective other than fulfillment of one's true nature. Now, does that mean that if you act in these ways that you are automatically on the path to becoming a master? No, uh-uh. Not at all. Because if you are not at one with your heart, if you're acting in those ways because you believe those ways will put you on the path to becoming the master, you are still then lost. So that has to arise naturally. Those behaviors, in order for them to really be true evidence of a master. 
what is a master? Well, it's really just somebody who's true to their path, who's true to him or herself. So I'll read this last verse here. Can that saying of the olden times, first the sprouts, then perfection, be called meaningless? The attainment of genuine perfection implies a reversion to the original nature of man. To the original nature of man is bracketed. So the point here is that we're all already perfect. The kingdom of God is within, as the Gospel of Thomas might say. A reversion to our original natures. That's all. That's all that the sage or the master is embodying. And if, in the meantime, you're not embodying all of that, well, you can return to this as encouragement. See, at least you can be honest about it. And then, as you're honest with yourself about what's going on for you, you can begin to wake up to what's going on around with other people and their behaviors. Look around. Look around today. It's easy to see when people are being dishonest with themselves. Not all the time, but much of the time, it's very easy to see. Or when people are acting out of fear, puffing themselves up. It's amazing to see it, actually. It's all around us all the time. So when we wake up to it within ourselves, we can also see it outside of ourselves. And when we keep waking up to it within ourselves, well, then we're on the path. And when we stay on that path, one day we just might notice that our perspective has really shifted, that the fear is no longer quite so prominent for us, or the anger or the shame. Yeah, they're still there for me. I've been practicing for the better part of a decade, and they're still present. I mean, hell, I can even feel fear right now, speaking to you. Maybe you feel fear too, or maybe you feel something else. This is telling us it's okay. Hang in there. Keep waking up. Every single fucking moment is an opportunity. Just an incredible, incredible opportunity. There you are in your body. The moments that you are having will never be repeated in the entire history of the universe. So keep waking up to them. Huh? That's it for today. Thanks for sitting with me. Have a good day.